Consistency is back, folks. Here we go. We're at back-to-back weeks, and this week we have a doozy. Fantasy football madness. And a guest is with us, my good friend Michael Stern. You'll meet him on the flip side of the intro. And we're just going to get into a lot. Our draft strategies, our best drafts that we've had, uh, guys that we believe are too high, too low, and just a lot, a lot of information to take in. And, you know, we'll allude to it in the episode, but I'll say it one more time just to start you off. We are by no means experts, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. You can take the advice, you can make fun of the advice, but above all else, enjoy the show. It was a good one. Awesome catching up with my boy Stern, and expect to hear his voice a lot in the future. So, episode 27 of the Island Sports Talk Podcast, kicking off right now. Everybody, here we are, two weeks in a row. I said we were going to be consistent again, and we are. And yes, there is a guest, someone dear to my heart, one of my best friends, hopping on. We've been talking about this for a long time, and we're going to get into some fantasy football today. But before we get along onto that, introduce yourself, please, Mr. Michael Stern. Hello, hello, listeners. Um, happy to be here. Thank you, Twamley, for allowing me to uh, to guest host with you. Um, I know for years we've said that we want to do a podcast, and I could not be more thrilled to uh, be here with you talking about fantasy football. Yeah, so this is like, you know, what we're about to do is conversations we usually have about five times a summer, just over phone calls. So this is going to be no different, you know, other than aside from this intro, which obviously we never do when we're on the phone. We're just going to get in the zone and uh, take everything we say with a grain of salt because we're by no means experts. I think we're solid at fantasy football, but we we don't have, you know, all these crazy stats. Like, because, we, listen, we listen to podcasts about fantasy football, too. So this is going to be probably a lot of regurgitated. I, I would say uh, I would say amateur experts. Um, a, a little a little tidbit of information for you listeners uh, last year. Twamley is the one uh, doing my mock draft or doing my normal draft. He's the one who got me to draft Tyreek Hill. And as we know, he finished last year as the number two wide receiver. So we got an amateur expert over here with Twamley. There we go. And, I mean, we're we're in each other's ears constantly, especially once football season starts. It's like a four – Three to four time a day thing when it comes to fantasy, and like we're in the thick of it now. I mean, if you were to just look at the pictures of our conversations, it's just Yahoo and ESPN screens. So you know, degenerates, crackheads of football, if you will, is uh pretty much what we are, and you know, we just enjoy talking about it. So what we have for you lined here is this one's gonna be a doozy. This is gonna be a long one. So if you couldn't tell, 
this is going to be a fantasy football episode. And I mean, we, we prepared, we prepared a lot for this. So there's going to be a lot, a lot to discuss. So and again, this is just, this is just a casual conversation that we've had for years, just off the top of our heads without an outline. So now that it's structured, I can't that it's, see how long this goes on for, but Without further ado, my friend, let's get right into it and start with your ideal draft strategy. You could start with, uh, you know, I, I do, you know, I do ten and fourteen man. I don't know if you did uh two different ones, but just start with your ten man draft so, strategy. So my my ideal draft strategy, uh, most of my mocks and drafts that I do are ten man standard league. So for all you listeners, uh, most of my um, information here is going to be based off of 10-man leagues um, until we get to the sleeper aspect of it. And then you'll guys see me getting pretty deep into 14-man, 16-man leagues and mostly standard non-PPR. Um, I, st- I stay away from PPR because doing a fancy league with my home friends for so long, we've never adjusted to PPR. No half-point PPR, no decimals. We are old-school, standard, fancy draft. So uh, without further ado, um, some draft strategies I got for you guys um, after doing, I would say, upwards over 20, 20 Yahoo and ESPN mock drafts. Um, You got to monitor it. I mean, first and foremost, I always start with the running back. Um, I I feel like you can't go wrong unless you got a later in the first round pick and Devontae Adams is, is staring at you. You got to go with best running back available because those are the guys that you hope hit on and give you the 20 points uh, a game. So I'm always going to start with the running back. And then with my wraparound snake pick, I like to go running back again. Last year, I didn't do that. I went with Tyree Kills. So that definitely opened up my eyes to doing something a little bit different. Um you could go a little bit nuclear this year. Uh, we, we got a, a surprise first round player. I'm not going to say any names yet, but there's definitely uh, something we haven't seen in years in the first round of this draft. So it's definitely going to be exciting. But to, uh, to, to wrap back around to it, I'm going to say running back, running back, wide receiver. It's going to be your first three picks. I like that. And uh, before I go over to mine, the one thing we do differ on is that I, I, I always do PPR. Uh, I don't know when the shift happened because I used to not. I think I was out of fantasy for like a year or two. And then it, I just, everyone kind of shifted. Like you guys are still kind of like the throwback. Half PPR and PPR is like pretty much the craze now. And I think I just kind of got looped into that. And I mean, once you do one or the other, I mean, I guess it's easier to transition to PPR because there's more points. But like once you do PPR, I mean, every time, like, still, every time you send me just, like, the screenshots of your scores, and they're, like, so much lower than mine, it always takes me a second to register, and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't see, like, these 85 to, like, 80s and think that's a high-scoring game. Like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. (laughs) That's what we got. We we got the 89 to 95 games, and that's a high-scoring game. You you break triple digits, and your team is stacked. Yeah. Yeah, you're a god. Uh, so yeah, the, the first three rounds, uh, honestly, you go through the entire layout and then I'll go over it to mine. So go through, you know, you just did your first three, just go to like pick 14 and obviously, you know, no kickers and defense. We're not, we're not doing that. We're, yeah, we're not going, but I will tell you guys, uh, something I used to do in years past was reach 
on a defense and kicker this year no more we we're getting our sleepers we're getting our players we're getting everyone that we need and if we have to stream defenses that's what we're going to do kickers you could go with your young hookoos get your 15 points a game your jason sanders but relatively if you could get a sleeper that's going to change your team i think that's more important than your defense and kicker but with my fourth round pick um let's say i go running back wide receiver wide receiver then I'll do a running back. My, my first four picks, I want to generally get both my running backs, both my wide receivers off the board. Now, with my fifth round pick, I like to go quarterback. I mean, I like to have that top guy. I probably go in three years in a row drafting uh, previous MVPs. It usually doesn't work, but we're going to hit. We're going to hit drafting uh, a Rodgers or something like that. Um, sixth round, tight end. There's, there's a certain tight end that I think we should all reach on, and, and we'll reach back out to, to that later on. Uh, seventh and eighth, like going running back and wide receiver here again. Maybe backup tight end. Maybe backup tight end. Nine, another wide receiver. My draft is definitely wide receiver heavy because a lot of the running backs I like are later in the draft. I like a lot of young guys that – you wouldn't normally take in years past, but I mean, we, we see a trend in these young players. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson last year, finished as the sixth overall wide receiver as a rookie. Granted, that's not normal, but we're seeing these young players come in and make impact plays, impact fantasy games from the get-go. And we were not seeing those type of factors in years past. So I, I'm all aboard the, the youth hype train and I'm going to ride that. Um, going with, uh, 10 and 11 backup quarterback, you got to get a backup quarterback unless you want to wait till the end, um, with your 14th pick and, and grab someone that is definitely going to be available on your board. So we'll, we'll discuss that later on and then save those last two picks for your, uh, your defense and kicker. I mean, you could get the Rams in the 13th round and they were the first overall defense last year. I, I think if you can pull off getting all your sleepers and then getting your defense later in the draft, you're going to be safe. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, there's for sure certain albatross elephant in the room player that uh, <laughs> we'll discuss who almost definitely will be there at the end of your drafts. Uh, and I, I agree about the defense and kicker. Uh, I've been a huge proponent, honestly, the past two seasons now of streaming defenses. Two years ago, I was I, like I couldn't miss. Last season was more of a struggle. Uh, kickers, I was actually – usually I'll, I'll stream those unless – I mean, the obvious thing is if you want to reach on a kicker, it's, it's really not even reaching if you're getting them in like the 13th, 14th round. Maybe the 13th, but like 14th and later – I mean, th- those are all like swings unless someone falls that really you shouldn't expect to fall. But obviously, you know, and I'm talking about kickers more than I even want to, but you know what to do. Go for the highest scoring offense is really the most accurate guys. Those are the ones to aim for. And, you know, the defenses, honestly, those defenses of, of the past, you know, the Legion of Boom, the 49ers, the Ravens, like those insane, the Eagles who seem to score a special team touchdown every other week, those like high impact defenses don't really seem to be there anymore with all the rule changes and the offense just accelerating. I'm not going to say the ideal thing to do is streaming a position every week because it really isn't, but streaming a defense really isn't going to make or break you, especially 
I mean, I know you and I talked about this huge, uh, hugely last year when it came to looking at the playoff schedule. We were in like week nine. We were looking at the playoffs and looking at defense and seeing, all right, what's what's the play? What, yeah. what who has the best schedule? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Unless you take one of the top three defenses, you're going to be doing what Stern and I do, and that's looking way in advance at the playoff schedules. And honestly, that's the better play in my eyes. It works better for me. But uh, enough about two positions that I honestly didn't think I was going to talk about at all. I'll I'll go with the 10-man strategy first. This is ESPN because Yahoo is where I do my 14-mans. ESPN is my 10-man. Again, I do PPR, but our strategies are are no different. Uh, Mine's a little more uh, combined than Stern's. Uh, I didn't list each pick, but uh, it's essentially the same. So my first five picks, very similar to Stern's. I do any variation of two running backs and three wide receivers or three running backs, two wide receivers. It all depends on what the board is giving you. You know, if you see a guy that you like fall at five, uh, fall to the fifth round, a running back that you like that you didn't expect to fall, you know, go for him. Um, Because this year especially, that running back depth does not compare to the wide receiver depth. So that's why, you know, you said you like to go wide receiver heavy. It's not even a matter of, like, that's what you want to do. It's a matter of that's kind of what you have to do because the running backs by round seven – Sure, there's some talented guys left, but at that point, you're just banking on situation, you know, workload, and just hope because the running backs are flying. Everyone has the same uh, the same train of thought there. So, yeah, the first five picks, um, unless, you know, like we talked about earlier, you have a Mahomes, you have a Josh Allen sitting there in the fifth round, your hand might be kind of forced. I, I don't know. <laughs> but ideally, you know, you want the two to th- two and three. That that's what you know. We we're on the same train of thought there. And then pick six to seven. This is an interesting range. Uh, I've been changing over the last couple of days. Uh, this is where, and we honestly were just talking about this, you know, right before we clicked record. You know, five, rounds five and six, especially. You know, the most frequently, that's when the elite QBs. That's when the QB run starts happening. And I know I definitely saw it last year. As soon as you know, Kyler went off the board. The board. Sean Watson went off the board. Dak went off the board. Kyler Murray went off the board. You just saw every train fly in order. Once one goes, every single one has to go. And you got to ask yourself, do you want to lead that? Or do you want to be too late? Do you, do you reach and get the guy you want or say, you know what? I can wait the 10 picks until my guy. And then your guy's not there and you're, you're scrambling and, taking someone who you don't exactly want it exactly and we do have you know a fallback for that later we'll get to that later um you know i'll just kind of allude to it obviously gotta have your backup plans you know there's the qb depth in my opinion isn't as good this year as it has been in years past last year i honestly thought you could go like 14 to 15 deep and feel comfortable uh we'll get to the rankings in a little because we do have we do have a comparison rankings we honestly might just look at one because they aren't vastly different but i just feel like this year you know the top 12 qbs is really a good range as opposed last year i thought was was really good but yeah that's that's you know five to six i guess pick seven you know 
if your tight end is there, again, we have a tight end conversation later. Um, so if you know a tight end that you're high on is still there, definitely go for that. Again, similar to the quarterbacks, have your backup plans all lined up for the later rounds. And then, you know, once you get to rounds eight and later, it's a whole situational thing. Uh, I have here pick, you know, pick eight is a running back or wide receiver, depending on how those first five went. So, you know, as I said, two running backs, three receivers, vice versa. If you have three running backs by your eighth pick, you might want to get your third receiver. Unless another running back falls, you know, and, and before I continue, some of these picks aren't even picks to like keep on your team. Some of these guys, you know, high upside guys that, you know, you might want to trade for a better player. So you got to think that as well, because who, how many teams <laughs> look exactly the same on draft night? How many, te- I mean, on the last week as they did on draft night, I know I don't even want to talk about last year, but I will. My starting quarterback was Dak McCaffrey. Starting quarterback was Dak McCaffrey and Marlon Mack were two of my running backs. And then by year end, Jeff Wilson, Mitch Trubisky, and some other schlep. Oh, Salvin Ahmed. Those replaced those three. I mean, Ahmed was, he was nice. But that's just, that just shows the disparity how your team could go. And I mean, that still pains me because I really, you and I believed that that team really had promise, but it was just gut punch. I traded for Kenny Galladay, didn't play the rest of the season. Gut punch after gut punch was sustained. But enough about me. So yeah, that's how pick eight goes. And then nine to eleven, I'm in the realm of you know these three picks. You can't really go wrong just going the best player available as long as your you know your first eight went according to plan. This is where you know if you missed that quarterback in that earlier round, this is where you're taking him. You know you missed your tight end. This is where you're taking him. Uh, best guy available really. And then twelve to fourteen, this is obviously you know the sleeper range. Guys that you're gonna reach on if it's even considered a reach anymore, and yeah, that's that's how I'm that's how I'm approaching my ten man leagues. Pretty simple, you know. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, will go about it the same way. It's pretty standard. There's nothing mind blowing. We just like to talk about football, so I'm gonna speak <laughs> about football. Damn it! I'm just gonna jump into my Yahoo draft strategy. Uh, I don't know if you have any others, or did you just have the ten man? That was it. Okay, so I'll just do this quick because it's a little different. Yeah, my Yahoo League is a 14-man league. This was the one with Dak, um, McCaffrey, and Marlon. Marlon Mack was my RB3, I believe. I don't remember if he was my RB2. I don't know. I, that season pains me. <sighs> really painful. Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's very similar. Running back, running back, first two picks. That's huge, especially in 14-man leagues because, I mean – just think about it. It's four extra picks around. By the third round, you're essentially in round four of a of a ten man league. So you know a player that's it, it just just do the math. Yeah, players are going yeah. basically a whole round earlier in fourteen man than they would in in ten man because this is. I mean, the nature of a fourteen man league. Honestly, you have to have guts. You got to reach. Yeah, you, you have to reach, and you just have to. Have conviction and believe in it. I, 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 you know, jumped for the moon with Dak, my fifth pick. Me and Stern, all offseason, MVP Dak. You know what? Those first five weeks was MVP Dak. And then his ankle, I don't even know how to describe it. 
but yeah, the nature of this, you, you gotta you gotta reach a little in my eyes. But yeah, RBRB, that's my ideal strategy. Again, that's not how it will always go. It's all of, at the end of the day, the board dictates how you yeah. draft because if people because and so and like other people will reach too. You know, you will you'll be in a league where someone takes Patrick Mahomes in the first round and he just infuriates everyone and throws everyone off. And that's just gonna that's just gonna happen. You're gonna have people take running backs at insane spots that you're like, this person legitimately shouldn't have gone for two more rounds and this this asshole just ruined everything. That's gonna happen. If you're listening and have played fantasy, you know it. I mean, I'm not saying anything I'm not breaking any news here. It's just part of the many infuriating things of fantasy football. But yeah, I mean, I really like to have our two running backs for those first two because it really is a security blanket the rest of the way. Unless there's just an elite, elite receiver dropping to you, and you know there's still a, another running back that you want. I'm speaking on my behalf of the fact that I have a third pick in a 14 man league, and I've done these mocks, and it's tough. I mean. It's tough. I mean, I literally in our group chat, I send a message every day. Is anyone trying to trade up to three and it's crickets? No one. I've probably screwed myself out of trading out of that pick at this point because people can see how desperate I am. So I'm probably digging my own grave there, but it's all right. Pick three wide receiver. You don't. While we did talk about the wide receiver depth, you still don't want to be strapped at wide receiver. Like if you go through three rounds without a receiver, now you're talking. You're talking over 40 picks. You don't have a receiver. Your wide receiver one will be everyone else's wide receiver two. That's just exactly. the name of it. And then this is where things will get interesting. Um, pick four, you know, you would think I would have wide receiver right off the bat. But because running backs are, you know, such a commodity, I have wide receiver running back here solely depending on what backs are available. Uh, you know, if there's a good one there that you're afraid won't be there in the wraparound, just reach again. Fourteen man is a league of re- reaches, and then your fifth pick is solely dependent on how pick four went. If you went RB, go receiver. If you went receiver, go RB, and then pick five again. This is your quarterback range. You know, picks five and six is the quarterback range. Um, you know, tight end possibly. Darren Waller fell to me last year in like the seventh round, which blew my mind. Like, and this is a league where people like know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and. I was just in it's, awe. It's unfathomable. I like when I saw he fell. I was in awe because you know. And again, we'll get to the rankings of Yahoo because they are a little different. That might be the only reason he fell because they were a little lower on tight ends last year. Um, just a you know a spoiler. Yahoo is a lot higher on Darren Waller this year <laughs> than they were last year. But yeah, that's where five and six going to be. Um, and then what is this? I, I lost count. I'm sorry. So picks um, seven and eight, you want to go need because, again, you won't have the flexibility of being up to your – you might not be up to your bench yet (laughs) at this point. You might just be getting that flex if you go quarterback and tight end. So you you need to go on need. And then after that, you know, your best player available. And then 11 to – 12 to 14, your sleepers and reaches. Um, But, yeah, 14-man is a tough – tough draft but I really do feel like that helps you especially in a 10-man league I really feel like I've you know improved in fantasy from the 14-man league I really love it I only do 10 and 14 
12 at this point is just a weird balance. I know a lot of people love 12, and 12 is great, but I'm just at this, just these, I can't go in between. I just can't. But yeah, that, that's our strategies. Again, take everything we say with a grain of salt. But, you know, if you use it, just let us know. And if you win, we'll like, we'd like a dollar or two. I mean, I'd like You're to welcome. <laughs> dollar. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, to say on the line, you know, we both talked about our ideal strategies. Let's just go ahead and talk about our favorite mocks. And so before we get in, Obviously, I've been doing it on ESPN and Yahoo. I do have a favorite mock for each. How many favorites do you have? Do you just have one? I have a favorite for Yahoo, but I've done enough ESPNs that I can find the favorite for ESPN. <laughs> okay. It has so, too many at this point. I'll, I'll let you go first unless you want me to just because I just droned on and we need to hear your beautiful voice. We're going we're gonna to start with my Yahoo Fantasy League. This one was easily the best draft I think I've ever had. And this wasn't a draft where people are auto-picking. This was 10 people actually drafting. This was great. So I'm going to go in order of positions, not really where I drafted them in order. So I'm going to go QB, wide receiver, RB, right down to the bench. Yeah, so before the position, hold yeah. up, before you go in, we just need to emphasize how rare that is for a mock draft because, I mean, when you texted me before when someone drafted Mahomes in the first round and you just left, I just I just started it dying because we, it's so annoying. It's so annoying when someone – like, why are you drafting like that in a mock draft? Like, what, what goal is that? This is not a real team. You drafting Mahomes in the first round does nothing for you. You spend probably 10 minutes getting Waiting. into a draft lobby – waiting for the draft to start, and when that person picks Mahomes in the first round, you're just perplexed. You realize that you just wasted 10 minutes getting into a draft that doesn't even matter, so you have to leave that and join another one. And we all have that one friend in our home uh, fantasy leagues that's going to take a quarterback in the first round. We all have that one friend. Yeah. But, like, you still don't prepare for it. You know it's going to happen, no. but, like, it just throws off because you're, you're getting in the mindset of what, you know, you expect to happen. And then on top of the whole waiting, just finding a lobby where your slot is available is infuriatingly annoying, especially on Yahoo. For 14-man, it takes forever. Every time I get to Yahoo, it's always an eight-minute waiting room, and it pisses me off. And then when someone goes ahead and takes Travis Kelsey with the first pick, I'm going to toss my phone across the room because is Kelsey that good? He's amazing. He's a first-round pick this year, but he's not the first overall pick. No, Mahomes take. Oh God, just go on before I really, before we, uh, before we lose it. So the, I would say my least favorite player in this entire draft is my quarterback, and I still love him. I know Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles are not high on him. Wow, you gotta give Jalen Hurts a chance. This guy can play. This guy can run the ball. He could throw the ball. Who was he throwing to last year? No one. So, you know what? Stop trying to trade him. Build a team around this man. So, we're going to go with Jalen Hurts first. Wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Love him. Julio Jones is gone. Even when Julio Jones was hurt, and I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, he was taking the number ones away from Calvin. That's why he was getting open so much. But you know what? When Julio was hurt, Calvin was facing those number ones, and he was still putting up 30 points a week. So he's, he was the fourth best wide receiver last year, and to get him in the second round was perfect. And we all know my boy, my lord and savior, Justin Joshua 
Jefferson with my third overall pick. You know, you know, being the diehard Vikings fan that I am, I am going to draft Justin Jefferson if he is yeah, staring just for at context, me. I should have, I should have done that in the intro. Stern is a massive Vikings fan. As Die I am hard. a Colts fan, Stern is the air, you know, the equivalent with the Vikings. It's it's exactly the same. Uh, so when he is on again in the future, because you know, spoiler alert, he will be on in the future. Just expect a lot of Vikings talk. Continue with your draft, sir. So after Justin Joshua Jefferson, we got running back one Christian McCaffrey, running back two Josh Jacobs. Tight end Kyle Pitts. Now, we will circle back to Pitts, but if you watch this year's NFL draft, he went forth for a reason. This man is insane. He has measurements that compare to the Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson, and he's a tight end. This guy is a freak of nature, and he is worth the pick if he is there in that sixth and seventh round. I am telling you people, draft him. Can't wait to see him in the Dynasty League. Can't wait for him to be killing on my team. He is going to change the tight end position, and I I cannot wait for it. We got my flex, Kareem Hunt. Um, I'll get back to him a little bit later. He he was the 10th overall uh, running back last year as a backup, and he splits carries with Nick Chubb. That's that's amazing. So to to be able to get him to uh, Kenny Galladay, I'm high on Kenny Galladay. I saw him destroy the Vikings year after year, two times a year, putting up three touchdowns, 100 yards. Granted, he had Matt Stafford thrown in the ball and not Daniel Jones. I still believe that this is how good he's going to be. Michael Carter for the New York Jets. Very, very high on Michael Carter. Backup quarterback, potential starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He, I watched watched him suffer for a lot of years in Detroit. And to be able to put him in the sunshine in Los Angeles, to give him Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, I mean, this guy's got weapons. He's got an offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, who can come up with anything for this guy and be creative. I'm, I'm really excited to see Matthew Stafford's career now. Uh, one of my favorite players in this draft. Irv Smith Jr., son of Irv Irv Smith Sr., who was a first-round pick for the Saints in 95. I love him. Granted, this is another Viking, but there's no more Kyle Rudolph. He's going to be getting the ball. We all know Kirk Cousins loves throwing tight ends the ball. I love this pick. You can get him in the 13th round in 10-man leagues. You draft this man. If if you don't draft the tight end and you're stuck and you got no one, you draft Irv Smith and you'd be happy about it. Mr. Michael Thomas. Um, great, great addition. And we're going to talk about the difference between him and Yahoo and ESPN leagues, but I got faith in him. I mean, you saw what he did. This was your Yahoo mock, right? This is, this is my Yahoo. Okay. Um, can he get on the field this year? Does he want to get on the field this year? I think he's good enough to take the chance on him. And lastly, of the positional players, we got Twomley as Lord and savior, Michael Pittman Jr., Oh, baby. Oh, we'll talk about him. Don't you worry. He'll be talked about. Carson Wentz is coming back. Michael Pittman Jr., he's going to be the number one. I have faith in him. I love the young guys, like I said. I know he's a bench player for me right now, but I could see him starting if this was a real draft. My kicker, Young Huku, I love him. 
he may be a journeyman, if that's a correct term to say, but he started with San Diego, the Superchargers, for only four weeks before being cut, played with the failed AAF League Atlanta Legends. He was on the the Patriots practice squad for a week before being cut, and these kickers, they take a while to find a home. He finally landed with the Atlanta Falcons, where he became the number two overall fantasy kicker last year, and if you could get him, I'm pretty happy about that. And then defense, the Ravens. They're not the usual Ravens, but they're the fantasy defense for the Ravens. They're going to put up 8 to 12 points a week. Sometimes get that safety and a touchdown, get up 20. Yeah, they'll put up those three-point weeks, but you could get the Ravens. Get a lot consistent. of turnovers. Love it. They make turnovers happen. You got Marcus Peters. He's an animal. Yeah. So good stuff. Um, I'll go to my ESPN one first because it's a 10-man. Before I get into my Yahoo, just to change it up, uh, I'll start this off with the note that you were much better with me by having your kicker and defense in because for every mock that I do, I just do my four, first 14 picks and then just dip because I don't even – I just don't care about the kicker and special team. They but, matter. Kicker, but, kickers matter. <laughs> but they do. They Honestly, they really do. But for mocks, I mean, I'm confident enough in my – in my whatever <laughs> so my ideal 10 man draft not my ideal my my favorite one and i've done a lot i haven't done maybe 20 i've probably done in the range of like 12 to 14 and this easily was my you know was my favorite at qb the stallion josh allen i mean I do think, you know, there will be a slight step down from last year just because it was so freakish. And when I say step down, please don't overreact and make it seem like the the house is falling on Josh Allen. No, I think he's still going to have a monster year, but he just was so good last year out of nowhere. I think it's, you know, I think it's realistic to, you know, maybe a few hundred passing yards, a couple less touchdowns. Just because you know, maybe they'll you know signing that big deal. They want him to stay healthy. Maybe a little less running, but make no mistake, Josh Allen's still a freak of nature. He's still gonna have an insane year, and I would love to have him. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you can't go wrong with Alvin Kamara. I mean, at a certain point, with some of these guys, you know, after doubting them year in and year out, like I have been with Kamara, you just gotta be like, you know, this guy just does it every season. I'm pulling the trigger on him. Uh, I won't reveal my draft, what my draft slot was, even though, you know, I know a few people that listen are in a fantasy draft with me. So I'm tipping my hand here, unfortunately. Uh, so they know what slot I'm in, but that, that is what it is. You know, on the wraparound, Najee Harris, I mean, where my position was, the RB2s, they're not high, but Najee falling there. I, and this is one I don't think is going to happen, but if he falls there, I mean, this guy... I mean, I think you're looking at the definition of volume right here. They, oh, yeah. the, the Steelers love their RBs, and when their RBs are healthy, they get the ball. Big Ben is not getting any younger. Uh, he's going to be – Najee Harris is going to be doing everything in this offense, catching the ball, running the ball, doing everything. I love Najee Harris, and you know, I would love that RB duo there. One of my favorite receivers, I've had him both years of his career so far. If he falls to me in both my leagues, I'll love it again. Scary Terry. I mean, the man's a freak. He's going to take that third-year leap, I think. You know, he's got Fitzpatrick. 
sadly might be the best QB he's played with. Eh, maybe I'll, uh, uh, no, honestly, I'll give it to Alex Smith. That's disrespectful to Alex Smith, but he hasn't played as much with Alex Smith. He'll have a full season with, with a healthy knee. I would say Alex Smith. Yeah. But He'll have a full season with Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is going to make oh, sure Harry McCorn gets the ball a lot. Another one of my guys that I love. This isn't, and we're going to, We'll save that segment for later, but this is just a personal thing. I love Allen Robinson. Uh, clear number one. The sad thing is, is if it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, the sad thing is of Allen Robinson's career, immediately those two are the best quarterbacks he's ever played with, which says a lot about the guys he's played with. But he still puts up numbers regardless, was not a disappointment by any means last year. Talk Allen Robinson, volume. Tight end, King Pitts, come on now. If Kyle Pitts is falling to you, take Kyle Pitts. It's essentially having a wide receiver at tight end. Um, Julio Jones is gone. Kyle Pitts was drafted fourth overall for a reason. He's immediately the number two to Calvin Ridley. And you said everything that needs to be said about Kyle Pitts. So this would be my flex, I guess. Chris Godwin. Uh, the Bucks wide receivers are kind of like, you know, the old – Comparison always used to be Patriots running backs. You never knew which one to take. Bucks receivers, they're all good. But you just don't know who's good week it's going to be. Because like Antonio Godwin. Brown, when he got reinstated, he came on strong last year. He didn't have as many yards as them two, but the receptions, I don't have the receptions in front of me. But they were all very similar. Tom Brady spreads the ball. He's done that his entire career. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are number ones on any offense, but they're on the same team. And Antonio Brown, it seems he's got his head straight for now. It's it's where I got Chris Godwin, I was comfortable with. I don't yeah. want him being a one or two this year. Same with Mike Evans, same with Antonio Brown, but I like him being my flex. I, I'm quite comfortable with that. Another guy you and I are high on, LaVisca Chenault. We, we do like Chenault. Um... Killed us last year because we were so high on DJ Chark. We uh we don't bring that up. We don't bring we up bad memories. Yeah, that, that will be the last time his name's brought up. But you saw what Chenault was. This is kind of the guy that will grow with Trevor Lawrence. Expect another big year out of him. Zach Moss, dealing with an injury right now. It is slowing him down, unfortunately. When I did this draft, he wasn't injured. But assuming all things go well, he will be the RB run in Buffalo. would like to see that. Corey Davis, Jets signed into a big contract for a reason. I expect him to do well. I, I went back up tight end, Janu. Hunter Henry's bound to get injured at least three or four times this year. Bill Belichick loves being creative with guys that are, you know, versatile. Janu Smith, very versatile. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Janu Smith get a couple rushing touchdowns this year. Bill Belichick loves doing those, you know, weird plays. Josh McDaniels, I should say, he's the one who calls the offensive plays. So, you know, I, I bet they love having Janu. And, again, he might have one of those weeks where, oh, Shit, John just rushed one in. There we go. J.D. McKissick, kind of a risk. Last year he came on strong because him Antonio Gibson did not dominate You know the RB1 role. He's obviously going to take a leap this year because of how talented he is. But this was my 13th to 14th pick. This is when you just throw, you know, blindly throwing darts at a board. McKissick is a very good receiving back. You know, if you need to plug a guy in, you know, your RB1 and 2 are on a bye. He has a good matchup. Why not? You he's can't a PR guy. He's yeah. going to catch you the ball. He's going exactly. to get you five points just from catching the ball. Exactly. You know, you won't see that in Stern's mock because it's not PPR. In a PPR league, 
JP, JD McKissick was a savior to people last year. I saw, oh, yeah. I saw it firsthand last year that he managed to get guys in the playoffs. And then King Pittman. If you've listened, you know from the very beginning, you know how I feel about Michael Pittman. I think that second year breakout is count, coming. He's looked amazing in camp. He's bulked up. I'll get to him later when we're talking about sleepers. But with the last pick, I mean, give me that every day of the week. Oh, and they're, they're practically begging you to take him when he's fallen that low. Yeah. You, you gotta. Easily. And, uh, honestly, I mean, we could, you know, do another ideal draft, but I think that was your best one and this was my best one. There's no need. That's to, best yeah. I think we were just, you know, so, you know, amped up that we just wanted to keep writing. And so, we wanted to talk about all the ones that we've done and which yeah. one would be the best. So I, I get it. That's stuff that we could just, you know, do our own private talks about because, you know, it really will be us just saying names again and we'll be saying the same exact stuff. So we'll just, you know, we could briefly do the comparisons, but I kind of want to just get into the too high and too low because I think that's, you know, what we'll get the best conversation out of. And I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be, I can't wait to hear this. I'm excited. I I have some, I have some, I have some painful ones. Um, I think I think you're going to be surprised with my first too high. So I think a lot of people are going to back and that. forth, or you want to go? Let's go one by one. I want let's to see. go one by one. We'll, we'll yeah. do one and one, and we're we're going to start with five players ranked too high. Yeah, and if we have the same one, that'll be amazing. So, listeners, you may hate me for this, but I can't justify it. I have not seen a tight end in the first round since Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham going back years. And this is your tight end number one, Travis Kelsey himself. Do I think that he is the best, best tight end you could ever draft this year? Yes. But do I think that he is the fourth, fourth overall player in this year's draft? I cannot justify it. So I'm going to say my first player who is ranked too high is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so me and Stern have it a little different. You went off just the big board. I went based off of, like, you know, where they ranked position. So Stern obviously believes tight end one. I mean, everyone does is Kelsey. But, yeah, I agree. You No one's taking him top five. But someone will. Someone uh, will. You're going to get Are you ready for this? This is going to send, like – Echo waves everywhere. And this one, honestly, like, it, I cringed as I typed this. Remember, this has nothing to do with their talent. Nothing to do with the it just has to do with where they are ranked at their position. And it's the RB7. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and obviously, that kills me as a Colts fan. Who loves Jonathan wow. Taylor? But the, the, the fact of the matter is... The Colts' backfield is absolutely loaded. I think John. <laughs> I am perplexed. Listeners, I don't, if you I don't, I can't validate perplexed. you having Jonathan Taylor as your first running back. It has nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor. I can't look at you and talk right now. It has nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor, the player. He's obviously amazing. He's a freak. He is a workhorse. But the fact of the matter is. There is weapons, whether people want to admit it or not, all over the field for the Colts. Frank Reich loves spreading the ball to everyone. 
the only reason Jonathan Taylor was the workhorse was because they were their hand was forced. A healthy Marlon Mack this year, just white, just watch. Do you see what happens to Jonathan Taylor's numbers? Do I want them to drop? God no. I want two thousand yard running backs. That's what I want. But the fact of the matter is, they're not going to overwork Taylor, especially with the big workload he had last year. You know, they're going to give him some reps off for Marlon Mack, who, you know, I know you might not remember, is a very, very good running back, an amazing running back. And then Naheem Hines, who, if anyone knows me, like personally, knows I am literally obsessed with Naheem Hines. And the fact of the matter is, I know I've said that three times, but it's true. They're just going to take away from each other. And I don't think, because as an RB7, that is a team's number one RB. And I just don't think you're going to be able to get away with it. Again, it has nothing to do with the man. He's a great man. It has nothing to do with the talent. That's a great talent. But the situation does not make him that high a running back. It just doesn't. I know he was the RB6 last year, but that was without Marlon Mack. He might still be a top 10, but I just don't see seven. I, I got I to I I cut you off. Listeners, he may be a diehard Colts fan, and I would expect the complete opposite from this. But I am on the opposite spectrum. I'm coming from a 10-man league where if you can get him 7th or 8th or ninth, and on your wraparound you could do an Aaron Jones or a Nick Chubb, I understand where you're coming from in a 14-man league where – you can't have him as your number one, but if you can get him as your number one in a 10-man league and get someone on the wraparound, I think you're going to be sitting pretty. I well, think, I, think you know, I would take Aaron Jones over him. That is a hot take. That is I a would. very hot take. Just because of the fact that, I mean, just look at Aaron Jones, you know, the past three years. He's just a machine. And I'll give it to him. He and you know he's, he's another one of those guys that is just like hard to count out because he just keeps doing it. And he's I'm starting to get into that you know mode where these if you just perform, I'm I'm just gonna have to believe that you'll be for him. And again, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor should be the running back 15. Oh, how, how did Ezekiel Elliott last year, okay. Mister Mister Consistent, 20 points a game? Okay. That's exactly why, you know, you got to be cautious as well. But for the most part. This is the best part about mock draft season. This is the best part. <laughs> for the most part. But, I mean, again, I don't think he sh- I'm sorry. I-, I can't talk about it anymore. We, we, we got to move on. We got to go to our next player. So, so this is going to be got? my second highest ranked player here. And I got to go Miles Sanders. On my big board, he's ranked 19. I mean, you put the health concerns aside. He was hurt last year, banged up. Let's say he's healthy. The Eagles are going to be a running back by committee team this year. I mean, I could personally say I'm staying away from Miles Sanders. I stayed away from him last year. It was a good call. This year, I'd rather pick a wide receiver with my second-round pick, like a DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, than get a safe pick with Miles Sanders in my second round. That's just me. I'd rather get a top wide receiver than someone who I think is going to be splitting carries. And honestly, I hate the man, David Montgomery, ranked 23. You take him before Miles Sanders. That's just – that's how I feel For about sure. it. And I was, like, thinking about going there, but I went just scorching hot with guys, like, ranked lower. I kind of went – I kind of emphasized, you know, the 15 and later for the too low. 
rather than the two I. But I know you know we kind of did it a little different. And I got another one. After this, I swear. Actually, my yeah. The wide receiver ten, and I'm actually I actually kind of want him on my teams, but and again, just by a few spots, but I don't think he'll finish at this position. Keenan Allen at wide receiver ten. I just I <laughs> I looked. Oh my god! I looked at who you know he's ranked ahead of. Let me pull it up real quick. You know, I I agree with who's ahead of him: Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin. But I I mean. Allen Robinson is I not. I think Allen Robinson is better than Keenan Allen. I think C.D. Lamb will take the leap to get above C- Keenan Allen as long as Dak's healthy. Yes. I mean, what's forgotten is that C.D. Lamb, you know, they were he, him and Justin Jefferson, they were their numbers were like you know comparable those first five weeks, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all to believe that C.D. Lamb had Dak stayed healthy would have exploded as well. I completely agree. A dark horse that I think can, you know, creep into the top 12, top 10 is Robert Woods. I think him, the connection between him and Matthew Stafford will be great. Obviously, the Cooper Cup situation there, you know, makes things a little, you know, complicated. And I think, you know, Keenan Allen falls in the 12, 13 range for me. Again, it's nothing nothing crazy, nothing but I just crazy. think there's a few players I think are will, will and should be higher than him. It's nothing earth-shattering. I don't think it has nothing to do with the player. It's just the players underneath, and I just think it's a little too high. And Keenan Allen, if you're listening, he's practically saying that he does not think that you're a phenomenal route runner. And and you know what? We're going to get back to you on my players ranked too low list. So oh we'll get back God. to you, <laughs> Keenan Allen. And, and I'll and make this actually – this has everything to do with Keenan Allen saying start me this week and then scoring like zero points last season. So you can't you can't do that. So we will get back to you, Mr. Keenan Allen. Yeah. I mean if this reaches Keenan Allen, we're doing something right. I, I would love if it reached him. But yeah, go on to we'll your number three. My number three, and I'm I'm gonna make a very close friend upset with this because I don't have faith in this man. Um Big Ben is getting old. Uh, he's not the player, but he he's getting old. That offensive line doesn't look like what it used to be, and it's a crowded wide receiver room. My number three player is going to be wide receiver number three, Steelers Deontay Johnson, being ranked number forty-eight. I you like know, that because he, I, yeah, I agree too. I should have put him on there. He's he's got Juju Smith. You got an emerging star, Chase Claypool, who. His, comp- his measurements are off the charts. I mean, this guy's the size of Calvin Johnson as well. This guy's massive. He catches everything. You saw the catch that he had in the preseason. pre-season. He got a little banged up, but he's a freak. And Deontay Johnson being ranked 48 as the number one wide, wide receiver out of those three blows my mind. And, yes, he had 970 receiving yards last year, seven touchdowns. He did not have a bad year. If anything, he had a great year. But he drops the ball, and I do not want him being my number one or my number two wide receiver, and I just wouldn't be able to get him as a flex. So he is ranked too damn high. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable if he was my two. I think you will get at least 10 out of him every week. So the ceiling isn't horrible, 
but I just don't feel like the upside. Like he's not he's the consistent guy on that team. He's the ten to fifteen point guy. Yeah, you're going to get the big touchdown games out of Chase and Juju. I believe you know Deontay is the shorter route guy, mm-hmm. so that's why you know the points are up there because he's going to get a lot of receptions despite the drops. But I just with your wide you you don't want you know just an average guy even at your two. You'll take him as your flex. You're like, all right, my flex can do that. But you want more upside at your two, and especially with a crowded wide receiver room. I, I agree. Uh, I don't think this one is as hot a take, but it might be. We'll see. Darren Waller, tight end two. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. Obviously, George Kittle's oh. year depends on health, but give me a George Kittle 16 game year over Darren Waller every day of the week. And, you know, this might be a scorching take. But if he's, you know, up to the hype that we've already put on him on this show, why can't Kyle Pitts be a top three tight end this year? Why can't he? Why can't he? You're, I mean, I'll give it to you. Why? I, and I hope, being a, being a Kyle Pitts fan, I hope we're right. I hope he's a number two and number three tight end. I hope he's a beast. But my other thing with Darren Waller is – you know, this lingering injury he's had during training camp definitely worries me when they linger and linger and then get into the season. Now we're talking, he might miss games and he just won't finish that high because, you know, points aren't there. So I, just, I, think, I think in the four to five range is confident. Obviously, those are the top three tight ends easily. But again, we'll, we'll simmer down we'll this tight end on. conversation. We'll we'll come back. Everyone will will see how we really feel about uh, these tight ends we got. Um. All right. So let's go with my number four player here. Um. Be, being a big fan of taking the young guy. This one I'm gonna kind of circle back to how I feel about those three tight end, or uh, three wide receivers in those rooms. And I'm gonna say Jamar Chase being ranked 53rd. Guy hasn't stepped on a football field. Joe Burrow is coming back from a devastating knee injury. They did not do anything other than getting um, the Vikings left tackle, Riley Reef to be their left tackle. That offensive line, I don't trust. And you got wide receivers in there like T. Higgins, who I love. Tyler Boyd, who's just somehow going to get 900 to 1,000 receiving yards. And Jamar Chase. I could be completely wrong, but I'm not personally going to take an unproven wide receiver at 53 who may or may not be my flex. I can't do it. Yeah, and he's also, like, apparently having a tough time adjusting so far, which makes sense. I mean, he took all last year off. So, you know, I I don't like where the Bengals guys are ranked either. Them and the Steelers. Well, maybe against just Deontay Johnson. I just think they're a little too high for the credit room. Maybe this one won't be controversial. I guess they all are. (laughs) TJ Hawkinson, tight end five. I just don't – I don't – I mean, I feel like we've been waiting for the TJ Hawkinson, and I guess to an extent last year, you know, 81 for 851, six touchdowns. That's nice. Uh, but you got a new quarterback now. The, the health issues, I think, continue to be there. You know, he's dealing with something now. But I don't know. I just – It's a good take. I, I need I to like see that. another season out of him to really have faith in him. And, again, you got guys like – Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts will do better than TJ Hawkinson. Logan Thomas. We'll get to Logan Thomas later. And, I mean, maybe this is the year. Noah Fant, you know, 
Can be better. The hype train. We, we were uh, on it last and year. Honestly, Robert Tonian, at one point last year, he was the tight end one. Nothing has really changed on the Packers front. Sure, they got Randall Cobb back. Sure, they drafted, uh, what's his name, Amari Rodgers. But it's not He's enough. And Aaron Rodgers likes his tight ends. He's so. the guy. Tonian's the guy there. And if you could get him late – you're good for a ton. You're good for six points a week. I mean, yeah. and that's if you could get six points out of a late round tight end, you're happy. You're, I'm happy if I could get six points out of a late round tight end because I can't justify taking a Darren Waller with my second round pick. So I think you're 100 percent right. That was a good point. There we go. Um, all right, so we're gonna go with my fifth player here, and I'm staying on the wide receivers. Um, someone who I used to love. Someone who I was a huge fan of on the Houston Texans, Mr. Will Fuller. Um, he's being ranked number 58, and, you know, he's suspended for that first game of the season. He's always injured. I mean, yes. Was he killing it with Deshaun Watson? Was he putting up 15-point games week after week for about four weeks? I mean, he was looking like he could be the guy. Like, he could really take over, really um, spread the field open with his speed. But drops the ball here and there. He gets hurt, and now he's taking the performance enhancers. He's getting suspended, and two is unproven. There's no one more than me who wants to see Tua succeed and be an amazing quarterback in this league, but I'm not taking Will Fuller at number 58. Okay, this one's going to just shatter both of us, and this was a heat of a moment pick. I don't believe this anymore, so take that all, and I – you know, I just – I legitimately, I couldn't find another one that I really believed. I was, I was just going to do this. And this was solely because of news that has now changed. <laughs> I had – I had Dak at number four QB. But that was solely because of the arm injury going through two MRIs. I thought something serious was up. And, you know, obviously coming off the ankle, the last thing you wanted to see with Dak – was more lingering injuries, but those MRIs have come back clean. So a healthy Dak now has my mind changed on CD Lamb as well, because where you draft CD is you know dependent on the health of Dak. But with Dak, you know, healthy now, things change. And in the moment, you know, I'm hearing this injury news that he's hurt again. I was like, all right, that's too high. If he's hurt, you know, the chance of re-injury is high, and it still might be, but. I mean, four is a good number for Dak. I think I think we we all have to sit here and ask ourselves, do we trust taking Dak Prescott in the fifth, sixth round? Because I don't. I, mean, I certainly feel differently than I did last year. I was thrilled. If you could get him in the sixth round last year, I was dancing. I, I firmly believed he was an MVP candidate, and he was. I mean, he – he had more passing touchdowns than I think Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones combined and played five weeks. That is disgusting. It's unheard of. 6,000 yards. He was rushing. He was doing everything. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought Ezekiel Elliott alive, and, and I had Elliott too. And like you said, C.D. Lamb was going to be just as good as Justin Jefferson with a healthy Dak. So it's you're putting a lot of eggs in the one basket with Dak, and that's just – I don't want to take that risk. So, I, you know what? Not a hot take. I, I like it. There we go. I ended off. We, we, we finished up. off players ranked too high agreeing. I, I started off kind of surprised. I, I'm, still, I'm still a little shook. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we're, 
I don't know how I feel about it, listeners. You can argue about it, but I like Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to live and die by him. If I could take him, I'm going to be dancing. That's fair. That's fair. You know what? I, I stand by what I say. I, I take it all. It's okay. I don't want to, I don't want people to think I'm happy saying that. It's just I can't it's what I believe. So oh I no, it hurts to to come out and say that. It's it's gotta hurt. But uh we're we're gonna revisit this. We're we're gonna do uh an end of year oh, yeah. um, end we'll of look year at podcast. It, we'll look at it mid mid season and look at it at the end of the year and see if we were in fact right or very, very, very wrong. But Let's get to the players that are too low. I'll start it off because I speak for both of us here, and I know it. Justin Herbert, QB eight. I mean, we're expect we're we're on the Herbert train this year. Last year was MVP Dak, and it's not just us on the Herbert train. I'll keep it short. Just to we kind of went long on those, so I'm just gonna try to go a little quicker on these. But I mean, what more needs to be said? The O line is like insanely Love improved. Love him. Rookie year he's over. He's amazing. I mean, was amazing his rookie year, showed no signs to believe that a sophomore slump is coming. And the O-line is the biggest thing for me. Now he's got legitimate protection. Rashawn Slater, that man's a monster. He One Among, pick. One Corey pick Lind- from the Vikings. Corey Lindsley, very good center. You added him along with a few others. Justin Herbert, QB8, I, I, believe, I believe the top five season's coming. I agree. Completely agree. I, I think you're 100% right. I Honestly, if you want me to be crazy, I think we see an MVP season coming. I, I see no sophomore slump. I, I see him accelerating everyone's career around him. Eckler, Mike Williams, I, I love Herbert. And if you're not on the Herbert hype train, you need to be on it. Yeah, and give him a full Austin Eckler season. Give him that check down option. We're running. We're running. Yeah. Who you got, who you got so for your number one? We're, we're going to go with Mr. Reliable, the – the biggest sleeper that I was screaming from the rooftops last year, Mr. James Robinson. You are drafting this man. He's ranked 76th overall. He had 1,400 total receiving and rushing yards last year, 10 touchdowns. Yes, you're adding Travis Etienne, who, mind you, is ranked 64th. You are ranking a rookie running back 64th who is only going to be a three-down back coming in for pass-catching plays. Before James Robinson, Mr. Reliable, out there every game. I feel very, very strongly about this. If you could get James Robinson in the sixth round or later, you got a number two running back, you, and you're happy. You're, you're smiling ear to ear because he is he is way better than 76. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was going to go to wide receiver, but just for the fact of keeping it on the RBs, and I kind of went talked about this before, I just think Aaron Jones at RB9 is – way too low uh you know he's got two years under his belt as you know the bell cow year number three coming up and just look at the numbers 2019 rb2 last year Mm -hmm. rb5 again not much has really changed obviously you added and i that was the case i made for tonian so this is actually irrelevant uh jamal williams gone aj Dillon really didn't make much of a you know threat to aaron jones's time and again, you know, you see two top five finishes the past two years. Why do I have any reason to believe things will change? Iron Jones at RB9, I think, is a steal. I I hate the Packers more than any other Viking fan, but you know what? The guy can bowl. The Packers are going to keep winning, and he's going to keep running touchdowns in. So you draft him, and you're happy. So I, I completely agree. 
Um, I, I'll keep the running back going. This was actually not my second player on my list, but we're, we're going to throw him in here. And it's not a player I would love to draft, but if it's a player that falls to me, I'm going to draft him. Um, Ronald Jones, the second 1,143 total yards receiving and rushing last year, eight touchdowns. He is ranked 112th. He's not a player that's screaming at me that I want to draft, but if you could get him in the 10th round, take him. Don't. Yes, he's splitting carries with Leonard Fournette, who came alive in the playoffs. Take Ronald Jones. Be happy about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a little crowded back there, but I think he'll still be a solid year in that spot. You know, it's pretty nice. We'll keep the RB run going. You alluded to him earlier. I mean, he was arguably my favorite pick in my ESPN league last year, and it's Kareem Hunt at RB26. I can't justify that. You know, like you said, he was the 10th running back last year. Odell is returning, but other than that, I mean, Stefanski knows what's working for this team, and these running backs need to be involved on, you know, two out of every three plays. They just need to be in the mix. I don't see his role changing at all. He's going to be a very versatile runner. He's a violent runner, amazing receiving running back, and will he be the RB10 again? I can't guarantee that, but I can. I I'll guarantee you'll be a top twenty barring injury. I have no re- like. What reason do we have to drop him sixteen spots after last season over a guy like Miles Sanders? Yes, I'm quite confident he'll outperform Miles Sanders this year. He's a better I, running back. I agree. You know, he. I mean, and obviously, you know, Chubb missing time might have helped. But an interesting note is. Kareem Hunt had a better points average when Nick Chubb was playing than when he did. Yeah. He kind of likes, you know, the change of pace. He does better. So that number, that's the most important number to me. If he, you know, if his numbers were like 18 a game when Chubb was out and he dropped to like 13 or 14, there's cause for concern. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. Again, we are not experts. I don't have the spreadsheets. But I, I listened to another podcast and I heard it. Uh he performed better. He performed better when Chubb was in there than when he wasn't. So, and they may be I, the I best sixteen spots. I couldn't tell you. I and I do believe that they are the best one-two punch in the entire yeah. NFL. I, I I think it'd be foolish to say otherwise. Obviously, that hurts coming from me because I think the Colts have a very maybe the best running back trio in football. Trio. I, I agree. I would say, but trio. I mean, one and two. There, there's no one like that. I don't. You can, you're not beating it. You're just not. Yeah. I would. Um. And you know what's crazy? We're we're sitting here talking about Browns players. Would you ever imagine that we'd be sitting here saying, "Let's draft some Browns players"? Because I, I know. And, and early on, me, me, and uh, me and Mister Yackel talked about the Browns as like, here we are. We're actually. And I know for a while, NFL fans like all had that thought: like, are the Browns ever going to be good? Is the NFL going to be weird when the Browns are good? No, it's actually great for football. The Browns are an exciting team and a maybe not very exciting town, but the Browns are good. And you know what? We'll we'll save Browns talk for another episode because this is fantasy football. We're not talking yeah, about Yeah, we're, we're not going to get hung up on that. But yeah. if you're looking for a defense, take the Browns. All right, we're, we're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit. We're, we're going to go to a wide receiver here, and I may be stealing one of your players here, um, and I apologize but he is ranked too damn low, Allen Robinson. He played all 16 games, 1,250 receiving yards, six touchdowns, 
and he has nobody throwing him the ball. His entire career, he's had Chad Henney, Blake Bortles, Trubisky, Foles. Nobody's throwing him the ball. And I got to say, I don't know what Justin Fields is capable of. He hasn't played an NFL snap yet, not counting preseason. If this guy can even be close to the real deal, we're looking at Allen Robinson potentially playing his best season yet. So Allen Robinson, 33rd ranked, he should be higher. Yep, no, I agree. Uh, We'll stay on the wide receiver train. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 21. I just – Yeah, always. He always gets it. He's another one of those that I'll just say some of the guys above him. We'll start with Deontay Johnson. I'm sorry, I don't see it. Uh, I mean, say what you want about Julio Jones. I think he's going to take a little bit of a dip. I mean, he's entering his age 33 year. I'm not saying this as a Colts fan who wants him to fail, I swear. But the injuries are starting. I mean, I know last year was the first notable injury year. But he's a guy that always does play banged up. You know, Julio is one of those guys that's always questionable going into Sunday. More times than not, does play. But that's something to monitor. DJ Moore, I mean, you're adding McCaffrey again. I just think that's going to drop him a little. I think DJ yeah. Moore still has a good year, but I think he's not going to outperform Tyler Lockett. I already said what I said about the Bucks receivers. I think he actually takes a leap into, like, the top 15 Tyler Lockett. I really do. Uh, Chris Godwin's there at 17. And just, you know, some notes. He's been in the league since 2015, but, you know, couple years, Doug Baldwin was playing his role, so not, you know, he's a special teams guy, so becoming like a legitimate starter, let's go back to 2018, wide receiver 16, you know, nothing, nothing to, you know, jump for joy about, but it's better than 21, and that was three years ago, 2019, wide receiver 13, you'll see the trend real quick, and 2020, wide receiver 8, so he's only improved in ranking since 2018. And he's got 28 touchdowns the last three years. That's almost 10 a year. There's no reason. Sure, they added Gerald Everett. Big whoop. I don't see any reason to believe that Tyler Rocket should have dropped 13 spots in the rankings. I think he's going to be another one of those guys that you see. And he was in my best draft, or he was in my best Yahoo draft for a reason. I was thrilled to have him as my wide receiver, too, with Terry McLaurin in a 14-man league. If I have him and Terry, I'm sitting pretty, in my opinion. Obviously, you know, you have those, you know, make or miss games. And, you know, honestly, the back end of the season could be why he dropped. If you just, you know, he came out on fire the first half and then the second Mm -hmm. half of the year kind of dipped like much of the Seattle offense did. But I still, he's not finishing at 21. He's finishing higher no matter what. I, I think you're spot on there, and I think the problem with Tyler Lockett is he doesn't have that flashy name. He, he doesn't have that Julio Jones name, which if you look at Julio Jones' rankings, is he ever a top 10 wide receiver? I don't know. I mean, when was the last time he really was a top 10 wide receiver? It's been a while, but his name projects him so high, and we look at guys like Tyler Lockett who consistently produce, who consistently is a good fancy wide receiver, and he just keeps – going lower and lower in drafts. So, you know what? I, I completely agree. If you could get Tyler Lockett, it's a great pick. Um, I, You know what? I'm going to keep going with the wide receivers, and I'm going to be on the opposite spectrum of you. Keenan Allen. I love you, Keenan. If you're listening, I love you. I traded for you last year in the draft. You're amazing. 
you only played 14 out of 16 games last year, but in those 14 games, you put up almost a thousand receiving yards, 992, eight touchdowns. Yes, is he sometimes always hurt? Yes. But with Herbert, who is healthy, who has a line to throw behind, a full year throwing to him, building that connection, I think Keenan Allen's going to be awesome this year. I know you're a hater, but Keenan Allen's going to be great. Well, I am smiling. It doesn't have to do with you, you know, obviously coming at me for my take. But this is going back on the Julio Jones uh, stat. Oh, um, Prior to last season, the last time he did not finish – prior to last season, uh, it was top six every year. <laughs> so – Last year was the only not finish aside from 2013. So are we, are we talking PPR or standard? It's probably PPR, but I still think he was top ten all those. <laughs> I I oh with ever anyone. It's just the fact Jones. that he doesn't. Maybe for PPR it's different because he doesn't have the touchdowns. So you might have a point there. Uh, but make no mistake, Julio Jones has been amazing. So that was your last uh, too high, right or too low? I should say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is my last too low. And say what you want. Call me biased, if you will. I don't really care. You ready for this? I mean, I'm getting crazy. I think what's crazy is the ranking. And that's Carson Wentz at QB 28. I just think oh, that... Oh, man. I just think that's stupid. I, he's on very good track to come back week one. Say he misses the first two weeks, that's still... 15 games or 14 games because, you know, week seventeen, week 18 isn't going to matter. But you're telling me he's going to play 14 games with this amazing support group, great O-line once they're all together, great backfield. You got Frank Wright calling the plays. I'm not saying a top five season. I'm not even saying a top 10 season. But the 28th ranked QB, I know it's recency bias, but come on. 28, I don't see it. You, you know, you're not getting drafted anywhere, so you could the, wait, and then you the, could be happy about it. The one pass he had in preseason has everyone giddy off his back foot across the field. Yeah, that was the that was the pass that broke his foot. That was, that was it. That was what took him out for five to twelve but, weeks. I mean, I'm again. I'm not gonna. I've already said what I've said on other episodes about Carson Wentz. But this isn't even me singing his praises because obviously the injury is there to monitor. If it's the you know the latter, the twelve week portion, it doesn't really sound like it is anymore. Then I get I get it. But if he's missing two games, I mean, come on, Stern, twenty eight. You you take him, you put him on your injury list. If you got an injury list, guys, and you you the second you make that move, you pick someone up on waivers. You let him sit on your injuries and let's just see. I'll give it to you. We'll see. So, obviously, you know, we've been we've been rolling right now. We do have a sleeper section. Do you want to take a breath, set it aside for episode two, or do you want to roll on with the sleepers? I say we, we take a breath. Okay. We, we bring that to episode two. We'll, we'll give the listeners a little bit of a break, and we'll, we'll come back for episode two, and we'll start off hot with the sleepers. I like that. I like everything about that. So, yeah, that was – Part one of the fantasy football madness. You know, that's what our doc's called. Might as well bring it to the airwaves. Uh, We still have a lot to talk about. 
So, you know, do what we're about to do. Take a break. Take a breather. Crack a brew because that's what I'm doing in this break. You know, I left Stern hanging. He's drinking some some wine. I got to get something as well. Uh, and we'll be right back on on the other side. So, you know, get your thoughts together and more fantasy is coming. Let's do it. Peace.